0: It's the Reset Rebel, it's the Reset Rebel, it's the Reset Rebel, it's the
1: Reset Rebel, coming to you every day.
2: Welcome back. Welcome to The Reset Rebel with me, Joe Yule, and a very happy new year to you from me. And we're starting the new year with the story of bread. The secrets to making it. What lessons can be learned while creating artisan bread, which is essentially a form of art. How to create healthy bread versus the kind of bread that's perhaps industrialised and has given many of us feelings of intolerance. And just to unravel exactly how much work goes into its creation, to take a moment to fully appreciate it and the fact that it's actually the oldest of all the foods ever manufactured. And how and why it also ranks as the most widely eaten food item. For thousands of years, people throughout the world have eaten bread in so many different forms, but perhaps never as many as exist these days in an artisan bakery. And that's exactly where I am today for our opening episode of 2023 at Pandor in Santialalia with the whole family. I'm Christo.
1: I'm Keanu. I'm Sam.
2: So you moved moved to Ibiza when you know, when these guys arrived in your life?
3: Yeah, we moved to Ibiza. I mean I was I came to Ibiza before I had the children. We 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 were always coming to Ibiza, it was always you know, in the picture, so but I, I had worked here in the nineties so 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 yeah. And how did um how did you guys get roped
2: into to helping out?
1: I mean I guess it was just kind of necessary you know we all had to kind of pitch in because there wasn't uh it came naturally the, the it kind of just made sense like because my mum was when she
0: started off the bakery she was struggling because she was all alone in the bakery and then um me at school I was kind of i didn't really know what I wanted to do too much and I used to help out in the weekends and in the summer holidays in the bakery and i started to like it enjoy it and then I thought well why not join and kind of strengthen um, the business you know Mm -hmm. so the more of us the merrier and yeah this is when me and Keanu just kind of ended up Mm -hmm. becoming full-time in the business and uh, yeah so that's how it started yeah Mm -hmm.
2: and how does it feel kind of working with your hands every day and doing something you know so practical
1: Feels good, feels great. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't choose any other... I don't think I could picture myself doing anything other than that as a job. Like, when you finish work, like, you feel like you've worked, like, physically. So
0: you can go home and you're like, oh. job done. Yeah,
2: you oh, feel, feel like you've actually accomplished
0: something. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I feel, like, good. I feel, like, kind of like if you went to the gym and then you, like, you, f- you go home after and you're like, oh, it's nice. So yeah, that's the kind of feeling that we get when we finish the job at the bakery. Yeah,
1: especially when things turn out well. If they don't turn out so well with the proving and the fermentation, sometimes it does, leaving you feel a bit <laughs> like crushed. But uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like baking is, you know, very up and down. You know, and that's I think that that's kind of the the, the art in it is understanding. Fermentation and understanding flour and understanding uh, your ingredients really. Uh, if if you're into it, I guess I'm really into it. And if you're into it, it's a really nice thing to do.
2: Yeah. Give me an example of like something that didn't work out. Like I, obviously everything we come and consume is is perfect and looks beautiful and is um, very exciting to to witness this kind of, yeah, slightly unusual bakery trend that's evolved in Santillaria. So it's quite intriguing to kind of hear, like, maybe something that you worked on um, that maybe didn't pan out.
1: I can't say that I've really messed up anything so much so that it's unedible. I, I've always <laughs> enjoyed everything that I've made. Like, even if it turns out badly, I've, I've always liked it. It's, always, it's never really turned out that bad. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank God, you know? <laughs> but... Uh, you know, there there has been some things that I've tried doing, some experiments, and <laughs> and uh, yeah, it would just be a total disaster and so again, a mess. This, the bread in the oven oh, sometimes yeah. <laughs> that happened very
0: few times, but when it did happen, oh, it's it's not a nice feeling.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Distraction.
0: Distraction. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. now we have a new oven, so there's such a loud like timer on it, like. The alarm just goes oh, off. It's, it's just teary. crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: Who, who can talk me through the sort of science of, of fermentation with, within the baking world? I mean, I have no idea what distinguishes specifically, other than the word itself, um, you know, this bakery from, say, the one on the high street?
0: Um, so we specialise in uh, in sourdough baking. So we don't use yeast in, in the dough. It's kind of like um, the... The way we make bread is the way people made bread two thousand years ago. It's using uh, just um, kind of the, uh, your your ferment. It's the starter, the sourdough starter, and that's basically flour, water, and you leave it to ferment. And uh, yeah, the bacteria will develop, and it will. But it's good bacteria, and it will develop, and it will grow and basically become alive and you would feed this always with flour and water, flour and water. And this living, this starter that we call it, would allow the bread to grow. And that's what we work with. Yeah, so it's the way the Egyptians made bread and it's basically the way bread was always made until the 18th, 1800s when they started, you know, uh, using yeast and uh, commercializing the bread industry and yeah so we make we, we make bread the way it was always made and it's it has a different flavor the flavor your taste is different um uh, the bread will also keep longer it has a longer shelf life and um yeah so you can have you can buy a bread like and it will keep for a good uh five days in your house so yeah
2: why do you think you know i think bread had a very bad reputation for a reasonable chunk of time maybe only maybe i don't know 10 years ago five years ago and suddenly everyone is talking about sourdough obviously lockdown people started baking all sorts of weird and wonderful things but i think you know i think things have changed and i think you know it's really great timing for something like you know this creation to come into fruition because it's yeah it is on trend and suddenly everyone wants to eat sourdough
0: yeah it's interesting it's it's on trend It's funny because it's something that's always been around. It's just only starting to become recognized. And it's like, oh, wow, this is new. Um, That you know, this has been around for thousands of years. (laughs) It's crazy. You wouldn't think about it. But, yeah, so it's nice that it's in the limelight. It's good to see that. And also uh, to change people's perspective on bread. And, uh, yeah, people saying, oh, I can't eat bread because it kind of messes up my digestion and stuff like that. When if you eat sourdough bread... Because it's had a good three-day fermentation, the gluten has been kind of uh, fermented, so it doesn't. The the
1: say you could say it's 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 almost like it's it's been eaten, like the bacteria has eaten it, uh, and therefore digested it, and which means that it's fully digestible for your uh, guts for your guts exactly. Uh, But I think you know one thing that is like the with the whole thing of bread seem about having like a bad image of people not wanting you know cutting out bread from their diets and everything it's because of just the mass industrialization that that happened well during especially like during the 70s 60s 70s 80s you know onwards until now really uh it's because of all the additives that they've a- added into the 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 bread you know I was reading you know a lot of people have uh, issues with um, uh, yeast infection actually a lot of people have it's 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 a problem that happens a lot more these days than before is because uh, well basically they they've just they add so much yeast into the breads into these uh, um, uh, mass-production breads that they make that uh, because obviously in you know, it makes the bread rise faster, it's, you know, you can make a lot more at a time and a lot lot quicker process, uh, and time is money, I guess, in industries, you know, so. But it's, that's why it's been so, but it's had such a terrible impact on, like, the the population of, of the world, eating terrible bread and thinking, you know, not thinking anything of it. We're just trying to do something that is actually good and honest and... It's more like the Renaissance of uh, bread, you could say in a way, you know, because it's it's uh, bringing you know good, honest bread back to back to life, back to what it was before.
2: Uh, I like that because I think, um, yeah, I mean, I think historically, bread in Ibiza didn't have any salt in it. You know, the paisa bread is obviously made that way. I think to stop it from ingesting the you know vast amounts of damp. That this island suffers from even in the summer it's extremely humid and in in the winter we've all got our dehumidifiers on and we're sort of sucking out you know buckets of water every day so (laughs) it's kind of interesting you know a lot of people talk about um, this kind of slightly flavourless or tasteless breast compared to where maybe they're from when they come to Ibiza. So it is very interesting that you've, you've kind of gone down this road and I think it's, um, you know, very, very, very appreciated. But I love the fact that you describe it as a, you know, just a very honest craft because, I, you know, that's exactly what it is. It's so simple, but it's just so beautiful um, to have craftsmanship and new sort of artisan bread on the island. And I think, you know, really there isn't anywhere else really doing that from what I've seen.
0: And it's funny how you said, um, cause, yeah, it, like traditionally the bread in Ibiza doesn't have salt in it, and yet yeah, there's salt, so much salt on the island. It's like why did they not use it
1: in the bread? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. There was a there. huge salt industry. Industry. Uh, well, the, the yeah. reason why they call it the White Island was because of the salt industry here in Ibiza. Yet yeah. they didn't seem to put any of it in any of their breads so or any any anything that they did. um but uh, yeah, it's it's very nice to be a part of part of a community on the island that is wanting to you know bring quality, I guess, you know, more quality to the island uh, because I feel like it's been missing. It, it, Ibiza has been missing out on quality for quite a long time, you know, ever since you know um, importation happened here and you know uh, big supermarkets and stuff. Um,
2: I think actually during the Spanish Civil War, there was a moment in time where there was no bread, actually. And that was a real thing I've been reading about recently. And I find it really interesting because I think obviously there's a lot of abundance of food on Ibiza. But back then, you know, it was seen to be very um, poor that they didn't have this bread. And it was very, you know, missed. And um, I found that quite intriguing because obviously, you know, there's never going to be a shortage of fish or, you know, other things to eat. But I think this very lack of bread at that particular moment in time was was very sad for the people that were here. And um, so it's very, it is an intriguing story, you know, the bread making on Ibiza.
3: Yeah, because people in Ibiza are, are survivors and uh, they were making bread at home, actually. All of the homes in Ibiza, all the uh, wellers, they were all making bread at home. That's why all thinkers have bread oven. Um, and uh, they didn't put salt in their bread because salt was the gold, so salt was to be sold. And that's the, if you can get a little bit of money, that's the way you got your money with the salt. But nobody, lived, n- nobody knew the color of money up until, up until the 50s. Uh, I guess, or even the sixties, some people never saw the color of money they they lived their whole entire life without any money here, and they were all working communities uh, and they were all making their own bread and no, they didn't put salt in the bread because salt uh was their gold uh, so it's it's fascinating this it's really interesting also I guess they had salt in the sea and uh, you know they had a very balanced diet Mm -hmm. so uh, it it was it really worked it was kind of perfect Um, and then of course the you know the the, the tourism changed everything uh, on the island with uh, uh, Franco changing the island into uh, uh, what it is now in a way and so uh, that meant that the people became uh they started taking jobs, and and then they left the farm, and then now we have an Ibiza that is not the land is not worked; it's been left, and uh, and now there's like a real shift and a turnaround when people are coming back and say, "Hey, we we really need to to work the land." Um, also, the 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 women inherited the the beachfront. <laughs> there was a real shift with that, and then the man inherited the 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 inside of the land, and then. Um, now they need to work it <laughs> again so it's really interesting uh, uh this sort of like little dance you know with throughout the history uh, but i think um bread has always been a family thing a real community it's, it's the half you know uh, of a community and and it's also it's it's the warm it's like where everybody gathers around you know the half so it's always been that way, and then in France we have, uh, you know, the, the village bakery. I mean, here as well, like in the whole of, all of the rural communities, always have a bakery because the bakery uh, is a. It starts a local commu- uh, a local economy. You know, if you have a bakery, generally there's going to be work, and and then and then the bakery, uh, you know, works directly with the farmers, and so it creates a chain, and and it is. It is generating a local e- economy. Uh, that's what, for example, I'm on uh, the bigger picture of this, uh, I'm interested in. And starting this is, uh, is is huge because you're not just starting a bakery, you're just starting a chain of... Uh, you're helping local businesses. So make a baby!
2: So. I'm kind of fascinated because I was actually having a chat to Philip, the farmer at Terramassia, and I think they supply some of the flour to the other bakery on the seafront down there I can't remember the name of it it doesn't need to be mentioned on this particular podcast but I just think it's, it's intriguing as to where you know where you get your bread from because the, the other thing that he was talking to me about is that he used to be a chef and the reason that he's become a regenerative agriculture specialist and farmer is because he couldn't handle the fact that there was all this waste where he was living in Austria, he was living in a you know working in a very high-end restaurant, and one of the biggest things he used to spend his time doing was making bread. And it used to do his head in that he'd spent days and days crafting this unbelievable, beautiful buns, and then they would just all go in the bin because no one would eat them. And he used to run around <laughs> picking them all up and putting them in a box to distribute them amongst the village. And I thought oh, that was so beautiful and so fascinating and he was saying you know to actually make bread costs you know in terms of the actual labour that goes in it from farm to table is obscene and you think how much you pay for bread is like peanuts compared to actually the amount of time and effort that goes into it so I was kind of fascinated to hear you know how much work. I mean, you guys all look extremely fit and well, and like you work hard, and I've seen you in action on many occasions. But it's um, it's wonderful to hear this story, and I'd like to know more about where you get your ingredients.
3: Okay, flour. It's complicated. When I first started, uh, I was using flour from the island as much as possible. There used to be, there still is, I think, a, a, a meal in uh, in uh, San Miguel. I used to go to, uh, but then I encountered uh, problems because the Meal did not have the right uh, um, uh, certification, yeah, for for flour. So I had to stop making uh, this bread, which was the flour from the island. It's, they call it the yellow bread, the the um, El Amarillo. um, um So then I, uh, you know, I went back to my roots, and uh, I went, I found a, a meal in Lozère in France. Uh, who, who makes uh, uh, amazing artisan flour and uh, they, they make um, organic flour. And French, French flour is different to work with, right? It, it, if you work with slow fermentation, it's very different from uh, other flour. It, it's more complicated to work with.
1: Since there's less gluten, there's uh, it won't be as gummy and it'll be more crumbly. Not that the bread yeah. will be crumbly, but it... It, it, it creates a different texture but it's, diffi- it's more difficult to work with because since it has less gluten it's not yeah. it tends to it tends to break a lot more easily the dough so, uh, so it's it, yeah it's quite a tricky uh, flour to work with uh, but interesting and when done right it can taste amazing
3: uh. so the quality of the flour was essentially it was amazing and me, when I, I, remember, do you remember when I received the first palettes, I was just like in love with my flower. <laughs> just like, oh, look at this one and look at this one. And, you know, I, then I never went back. I, I, I stuck to French flour. Also, you get into a rhythm, you get used to working with this flour. Uh, you know, when you change your flour, it changes everything. It, it, so it, it takes a little bit of time to get used to your ingredient and to see how, how it ferments also under the 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 weather uh, circumstances here with the high humidity we work with really high humidity in Ibiza it's basically a nightmare for bread making so uh, I had to you know we we had to battle to find a way and and you know it's it's going good it's mostly we once you found your flowers you don't want to change but recently uh, we had a lady which uh, came around and she's uh, working with a flower from Ibiza and formentera, and there's a mill in Formentera where they're milling all these uh, crops that they are uh, uh, you know they're planted yeah, harvesting here it. harvesting so this summer we should have uh, because we, we made before Christmas this amazing bread uh, with uh, Khorasan flour it's
1: Kamut well they more ancient. commonly known as Kamut flour but yeah. it's Khorasan Khor- Khorasan, yeah, Khorasan is uh, flour is, is the actual name uh, it's, it's a tasty, really
3: tasty, yeah. nutty, and so I, I I look forward to to having those flour in the summer as specials, you know, because obviously they can't make big quantities, but that's right up our street because we we cannot make big quantities anyway. We work with small production to keep the quality, and working with Ibiza is like amazing. We got the salt from Ibiza, we in the bread. And now we're going to have the flour from here, and uh, that's really exciting, you know, for us. So, so that's making, uh, you know, linking up with, with you know, rooting the, uh, yeah. uh, the business, and I, I'm excited about that. Well, there's
2: another kind of flour, isn't there, that has a, more, a different density? I think. I mean, I've got some at home. I tried to make Sheisha. pancakes with it, and it was disgusting. But I'm intrigued as to your
3: experience with that. Have you tried working with Sheisha? Yeah we did we did here from the island as well
0: so we we did make shesha bread like shesha from shesha flour that was like grown in Ibiza but the guy stopped making it um, sadly and that's why we stopped making the shesha bread yeah he stopped growing it and uh, we're hoping with this new lady Jessica she will grow some this summer so hopefully yes So hopefully we'll be getting some flower from her this year and then we'll be getting it back. Yeah, it's really nice flower. It
3: was good. It was very dense, wasn't it? But maybe we... we, Because we were... I had this sort of like um, obsession with doing pure, pure, pure. So if I do a right, it's a pure right. If I do a spell, it's a pure spell. And I didn't like to mix, you know, like in France, for example, often that we, we mix the flour. So so then it's a, it's a bread that's more sort of open and more airy. But I like to keep things anyway. So, But then it was complicated because I had so many different starters mm-hmm. and uh, it was time consuming. <laughs> so maybe with the shesha this time we could just uh, we're looking at maybe mixing it with another flour. That way it will be it won't be so dense and it will be more open. And it would have the the taste uh, of shea, sha, but then obviously being mixed with another flour, it would be it w- it would be more uh, uh, acceptable. You,
2: <laughs> you know, know, it's definitely would like it better. Yeah, I, I mean, I just I don't know. There's something about the flavour of it. I don't know. It's definitely not good for pancakes. That's all I know. Yeah, yeah. Um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> it would break. Yeah, is that there's elasticity well, no no... in it? Yeah. It's, it's very low content of gluten. So there's no elasticity and yeah, if you want to make pancakes and things like that, forget it. Yeah, no. Now
2: you tell me. <laughs> I just found it interesting because yeah, I interviewed uh, a group of female farmers for another another podcast, uh, the Gang of Witches Ibiza podcast, and one of them was um, harvesting shea grain and... I think she was selling it through Ecofacious, and i bought a big bag and was incredibly proud of myself that i was going to make something with local ibiza grain and it was um an absolute disaster and like many of the things that i make in the kitchen so well I mean, what's the biggest thing that you think what's the secret to bread making what have you what have you learned through your time in the bakery
0: um
2: can you share it can you will you have to kill me afterwards <laughs> no no
0: <laughs> patience, patience. Yeah, yeah yeah that's the secret patience
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely, is patience that like you need. A patience <laughs> and 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 also understanding. I think a key thing uh, to know is to understand that you're working with uh, like grain. Well, you know, the grain it comes from nature It's a natural product. Is it comes from a plant, and no plant is the same. No individual, every individual plant is always has its own genetic you know uh, stru- structure and, and just the way it is it, it's always different no matter even if it's the same species of plant you know we're all human but we're all different yeah. so uh, when it comes to bread making you can't ever expect to get the same result uh, with every bread that you make because it's always going to be different every single grain that it, that, that gets grinded into flour a one scoop Of the same two scoops of the same flour will have different, you know, slight obviously slightly different. But yeah, it's it it work. The two breads won't come out the same, you know. And Uh, so, although
3: you you do the same thing over and over again every day, you every day is different, and you and every day you see your new production, and it's like it's like a new baby coming out of the oven. Do you see what I mean? it's it's very satisfying actually, and and it's very challenging. You always work towards, like you, you've got something to look forward to all the time. Even though it's kind of repetitive, you 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 do the same thing over and over again, but it's never the same. So it's quite fascinating this this process, and you work with life because we're working with sourdough, masa madre, levain, levito is 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 a life culture, so it's you know when it's hot it's hot and when it's cold it's cold it gets tight and you know it's very much it's an it's a life it's got its own life and so you're working with life and and uh, when you're working with life you just get addicted you know you something in you gets pulled and a lot of people if you ask when they start making bread they just get into this frenzy and they get excited and it brings out all sorts of emotions out of people and uh, and it and I think there's a real therapy in bread making. You know, it makes you, it makes you keep wanting to try again, even when you mess up. You know, your production. You're like, oh, you know, so you, you you get disappointed, but then you're like, oh, maybe maybe I try again. Maybe just next time I'll get it right. And so there's always this sort of like relentless trying to get better and better and better, and then you evolve in the process. It's amazing.
2: How many hours a day are you spending in this place when you guys are in production on Mondays and Tuesdays? Like, how many hours are you standing up at those ovens and kneading and whatever else you do in there?
1: Well, we're (laughs) well organised now, so it doesn't actually (laughs) take us that long as it used to. But when when we started off, we didn't have as much. Obviously, we didn't have... We were just starting off. It was a new environment, so we kind of had to plough our way into... into, uh, we, We did. Yeah, it was ninety-five, actually.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I calculated it. I, d-
1: I did actual calculations of how much it, it was. Ni- it sums up to ninety-five hours
3: between you.
2: Uh,
1: no, 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 no. no it's, uh, All of us. Per so person.
3: I decided to cut yes. the week into two, <laughs> yeah. and and slash it when it became Im- like dangerous actually. <laughs> so I decided to do a four-day-a-week, as in open to the public, which meant that it was reducing our hours uh, down to 70 in the beginning, but then uh, now it's around 50, 60 hours a week. But that's okay, that's tolerable, that's... Oh, yeah. That's good.
2: <laughs> be your child, child slaves.
3: Yeah, that means yeah. we can we can meet you now, and we can be pretty relaxed. Although we have you know some some work, you know we always yeah. it's relentless. There's always something, but you know that, that is a lot of
2: hours to be spending together as a
3: family. Like
2: how do you how do you maintain such good relations? You're still speaking to each other. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Thank you. laughs> that's ah, that's wow, a compliment. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah it's we we have you know ups and downs but then again i think like with uh, what makes a successful family is to be able to go through hard times and uh just uh, yeah stay stay strong and uh, you know kind of sorry your arm is going all over the place i
2: feel like the pinball wizard
0: yeah so no no we just got it a ways look at the bright side and that really helps and uh, yeah no we work we work really good together like we do considering that we're always together and stuff we do a really good job
3: everything on the table we 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 really sort of we meet up right when we have a problem it's like let's sort this out like we can't because we it's like an army like the the bakery is like an army it runs on discipline it's very it's it's very strict really with uh, we don't have time we get up we go you know in the morning so it, it's very much like army isn't it um, it's
1: difficult for being on an island where it's so relaxed <laughs> and it's yeah. so um you know it's so laid back and you really have to have You know, a strong discipline for doing this bakery, and it's, uh, (laughs) it's, you know, it's quite a contrast. You know, it makes quite a a contrast with the island. uh, But it's, it's, it's nice though. It's, we really enjoy what we do. So I think that's part of why we stick together as well. is because It's because we, yeah, we enjoy it. You know, and it's always, it's always been. Running in the family, you know. Even before I was born, you know, my parents were doing it, and uh, it's kind of like as if I was I was born to do this, <laughs> you know. Uh, uh, but no, taking no, the candle, <laughs> <laughs> taking the Maybe. torch, yeah. passing the torch, passing it on, you know, yes. uh, passing the torch on. <laughs> yeah. and it's very
3: creative as well, and we follow the seasons. Uh, we, you know, it's really it's. It, I love the way you know it. it the creativity within the bakery, just that—that's what keeps us. And also the the uh, communication with the people. Uh, the bakery without the people, that cannot be. You know, there's a real sort of it brings the community uh, and together. And there's a real communication between the bakery and the people. And if it wasn't for the people, there wouldn't be this bakery. So, uh, we. Yeah, that happens all
2: the time. Some uh, lunatic has just knocked over one of the bollards right outside the bakery, I tell you what. (laughs) It's dangerous around here.
0: It's a lot of traffic, actually. You get accidents on on, on the same spot.
2: What's the best accident you've seen?
0: (laughs) It's like Uh, a Monday morning. We heard this big, like, bang. We go out to the bakery and we just see, like, this scooter on the floor. And, yeah, pretty crazy. No, No one was seriously hurt, but,
2: yeah... Glad you just added that bit. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely not chuckling at anyone's misfortune. We'd never do that. Um, Well, the bollard is, uh, yeah, is gone. (laughs) Well, it is a Sunday afternoon. He's probably been out for lunch. Um, So, basically, yeah, you're sort of seeing the same faces then. You've got regulars, you've got the locals. I mean, I hear people drive from, you know, all the way from up north just here to get, you know, their their baguette and their loaf of bread for the week.
3: It's like a family. It really is like a family. That everybody comes. We all know. We know. We know everyone, right? And yeah. and and even the people who don't know us, they come in and they immediately feel at home here. It's almost like
1: uh, uh You could. Say it, you know, we say it's almost like a reality TV show yeah. because, honestly, the, the people, the people, you know, that we there's so the many sto- the stories, you know, and. Yeah, there's been a lot of stories, you know. <laughs> that, uh, go on, tell us. No, no, I can't. I, I won't. I won't go down. you Don't
2: have to name any names.
1: No, no, I won't. <laughs> but there's been there's so been really some good, uh, good some good pretty. <laughs> A uh, wild stuff that have gone on. Sometimes uh, the the things that have happened, but it's 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 funny. It's 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 like being being here is you know, and especially I mean I don't do the serving anymore. But when we first started, uh, we were doing the serving as well as working in the night, doing the baking and. You know, we would we would hear all these customers, and they, you know, they would come in and they would tell us their problems of like you know personal <laughs> issues and stuff, and it's almost like you know you're you're the bakery psychologist, you know. Well, you, that's what you, somebody you,
3: calls us. Like, yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, Psycho baker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, this is the, this interesting aspect though with the the customers like that they're, they're essentially really happy to come and tell us yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know th- their problems and and but whilst we're working and often it's really stressful because we have to keep going with the the, the the alarm goes on it's like so sorry just, just gotta get that out and it's a, a it gets a little bit like this but it's fine.
1: What I, I had no idea. What I had, what, what was really unexpected for me when before we opened was you know, when, when we opened. Is, uh, I realised that wh- how emotional uh, everything is. Like, uh, and it, we even got it from because at first I thought it was just me. But then you know, as we got, uh, we we have a shop assistant now, and she and she's you know she's worked in a few places before before us and. Uh, and she has said to us as well how she's surprised at working here like how how emotional it is with the the, the so customers and how cl- uh, you know it's a it, yeah it's a very close yeah, relationship with with all Michele our customers and, and like uh her, yeah it's a, there's a there's a real it's almost like you know people come here and it's it's like they co- they come into their home you know and <laughs> to, the <kitchen. laughs> to, the kitchen to the kitchen almost the kitchen. you know yeah. uh it's feeling. a, it's, it's an experience, you know, <laughs> really, you know. But.
2: I mean, you always think of like bakers getting up at, you know, silly o'clock in the morning, but you're saying you're doing like 60, 70 hours a week. Like, what, what time do you, what time do you get up when on a baking day?
3: It changed. Uh, it used to be 11 o'clock at night, <laughs> but we changed that. Now it's five o'clock in the morning, which is amazing for us. Like five o'clock in the morning and we, I decided to do the baking live, like in front of public. So, so we basically, we come here and we start baking and the people start coming around. Uh, well, they, yeah, mostly people in the visa get up really late, but we do have uh, people coming in at like 7.30, 8 o'clock. But it's great because they just have a coffee and they just we start taking out the croissant around that time. So they have a freshly, out of the oven, uh, freshly baked croissant. And then they watch uh, us bake, you know, bake the bread, they watch Sam, uh, you know, shape. Uh, Keanu is usually at the back in the pastry room uh, and so there's, th- there's that action you know and I, I, I decided to do that because it was I, I didn't want to do the night shift anymore and I didn't see uh, a reason why Like no one wants to come at 6 o'clock and have a a fresh baguette, like unless they haven't been to bed in the summer. That's the thing, or, or or they can just come later. And here in Ibiza, we're lucky that we've had this really lax culture, relaxed. You know, people just uh, chill, and and they get up, you know, late, and then. But we have a little rush at around eleven, but that's okay. They have all the time in the world. So.
2: <laughs> but they can't come in when you're when you're baking early doors in the morning. That's not the, the doors not open. Well, um, it depends
0: what time they come, like if we have things ready we can sell that's the thing so it's not like oh we can't sell like if we have things prepared we can yeah we can sell hot croissant and stuff that's that's what we used to do like when we used to work night shift um we used to have people coming in in the middle of the night you know like the clubbers and stuff (laughs) and they'll buy things straight out of the oven and i'll be like wow this is like the most amazing pound chocolate I've ever had. And it's like yeah, yeah. Don't like some people burn their tongue because I was like, oh my god, they're a bit drunk, you know. So like, whoops. <laughs> so you have to really tell them in advance. So like, yeah, this just came out of the oven. It's hot. So yeah, no. That's when we were working night shift. But now when we work morning shift, um, it's just better because since the majority of our customers come uh, later during the day. Uh, we work uh, at five o'clock in the morning starting that way all the production is fresher so the customers can come in and have like hot breads and pastries during the day you know so it's kind of nice that everyone gets to experience that and people prefer it that way as well
3: and it works for us as well we we work with sun sunlight you know as opposed to working with the moon basically Uh you know and it it's definitely better for mental health uh, and uh, and for everything and, and you know if everybody's happy then it's a, it's a happy place and
2: i knew the moon was going to come up at
3: some point <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's a lot of light here <laughs> you know the moon the sun you know the stars
2: But it's quite interesting because, you know, people aren't exactly, you know, in the middle of rush hour on their way to the office, like at 7 o'clock in the morning, so it's a very different rhythm, I would imagine.
3: Although, in the summer, you'd be surprised that we get a lot of chefs, private chefs, uh, coming and uh, also restaurants and they, they literally want their stuff really early before before the rush or before yeah. you know they, they really get their shopping uh, early earlier on and a lot of chefs want to have the breakfast on the table for when the people get up in their villas so we do get a lot of like uh, uh, chefs who are really like come on guys come on guys pushy. yeah. Pushy chefs. Yeah, pushy chefs. (laughs) But we take our time and, uh, you know, they get upset sometimes, but they do come back and they they do, you know, they love the products. So we, we can, and we work on WhatsApp, so we can communicate and we can arrange.
2: No, Actually, I don't think I was pushy, but I did buy a quiche the other week on WhatsApp for yeah a, a retreat, and it was yeah went down a storm, and it saved me yeah. any cooking at all, which was wonderful. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> Long may that continue.
3: WhatsApp is good like that. It's all about uh, communication and organisation, and we can we can meet uh, the requirements that way.
2: Yeah. To, to, to finish then, what is yeah what's the biggest lesson you've learnt through baking?
3: Um. Pain, pain equal pain. Pain for me, anyway. But, um, no pain again. No 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 <laughs> All of that. Uh, wow. Well, I mean, it's it's um, actually I'm surprised. You know, I I didn't expect it. I didn't see it coming. And uh, um, it, you know, if you stick to something, and if you're passionate about something. Uh, if your heart is in it, then then you, you, you can do no wrong, really. Uh, but it is a challenge, yeah, for sure. But you meet yourself in that challenge, you know, you discover who you are. And for me, it's just, a, it, it's an amazing adventure. It really is. It's, uh, it's beautiful, it's beautiful.
0: Don't give up. Um, keep going. Even sometimes when you feel like, oh, this is like... not going well sometimes things don't go well but you just got to push through and then at the end of the day you see it improving you know you see the bread still good you see everything going good it just uh, helps you to carry on and just kind of reminds just keep reminding yourself that um, you're gonna have good days bad days um, and uh, yeah just be consistent and that's what basically allowed us to still be here right now It's consistency always being there every day and uh, yeah being you know uh, friendly to customers and yeah uh, yeah that's doing all of that really helps um, grow without even realizing so yeah you look back and, uh, and then you're like yeah it's worth it everything you've done all the work you've done so yeah don't give up and yeah
1: are you
2: gonna give us something profound to end on <laughs> no pressure
1: no just uh yeah I figured uh yeah, it just uh stay humble you know that it really it really it really taught me to well you know working so many hours and uh you kind of uh it kind of takes a toll on you sometimes and uh, and uh, maybe uh yeah yeah stay humble because uh Otherwise, it can, you know, it can get really hard sometimes if you don't, especially uh, with, the, with the blockages and, and the things that, uh, you know, the, uh, well, the obstacles that we've gone through uh, doing this business. Uh, it's, it hasn't been easy at all. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> I really I...
2: stay humble, folks. Okay, that message is loud and clear. Thank you so much, the three of you, for meeting me on a Sunday afternoon. And I don't think I've ever recorded a podcast in the history of time on a Sunday, so it's been a joy. The coffee was lovely, and um, I loved loved hearing your stories. Thank
0: you very much to you every day.